Welcome to season two of Lean Startup Company podcast series. I'm Heather McGough, co-founder of Lean Startup Company, where we share lean startup and modern management techniques to a growing community of entrepreneurs and corporate innovators. We produce webcasts, podcasts, original content, our annual Lean Startup Conference, and offer live and virtual training in the enterprise. Whether you're building a high growth tech startup, a mobile app, a piece of hardware, working in a nonprofit or a large bureaucratic organization, adopting lean startup methodology can help support continuous innovation and sustainable growth. Today's guest is Ryan Hoover. Ryan is the founder of Product Hunt, a community of early adopters who share their ideas about the best new products. He's also the creator of Startup Edition, is a former entrepreneur in residence at Tradecraft and a former production director at Playhaven. Ryan, thanks so much for being with us today. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's start out. For context, how did you come up with the idea for Product Hunt and how did you get it started? Yeah, so Product Hunt was actually, it began as a side project. And this was where I was sort of in between jobs exploring other startups. And I personally just love playing with new products, sharing them with friends. Uh, a lot of times we were talking you know, at the uh, uh, metaphorical water cooler, you know, we're chatting about, like, what's on your home screen and, and what apps are you playing with and those types of things. And so the, the idea in the beginning really was, okay, how do we create this online or how do I create this online destination for me and my friends to share cool products that we find? And I didn't know of a place really online to do that. It was something that, that the, the behavior that is already existent on Twitter and on Facebook and other social media, but there's no centralized destination for that. So in the very beginning, it started off as really an email list because I'm, one, not an engineer, and two, I didn't want to spend weeks and weeks building something. So I figured, okay, email is really simple. It took me about 20 minutes to set up, and from that, I just invited some friends and shared it on Twitter. Product Hunt really resonates with me because as a person who wasn't even involved in the tech sector about five years ago, I still find it really intimidating trying to keep up with new technologies and products, yet Product Hunt attracts true influencers in the tech community and early adopters, but still allows for enthusiasts who are into other things like games and movies and music and books and fashion. What was your process in determining what type of content to post? Well, you know, since the very beginning, it's been entirely community generated and curated. And what I mean by that is people... Uh, they just post products they find. So these could be mobile apps, they could be a website, could be some new starter or hardware-based project. And people post them and then some of them rise to the top if they get enough upvotes, and then some of them sort of fall to the bottom if they're just not really interesting to the community. And so in the beginning it was really, okay, who are the people that I trust that I knew? Uh, and when I say beginning, I mean like day zero. <laughs> who are the people that, that have, I think, good product sense that are plugged into the technology space that see these types of things and want to share these types of products. And so it started off with reaching out to those people and curating the, the immediate community in the very beginning. Uh, and they, they ultimately determined sort of the, the course of product hunt, if that makes sense. And so from there, it's grown to a much larger audience than a couple dozen friends that it started with. And those people then invited other people. Uh, and now we have a global community where half the audience is actually outside the US. Um, and so what we see is just all kinds of diversity in products. You mentioned anything from fashion-based things to music to books. And longer term, what we want to do ultimately is create a, 
a place where people can discover all kinds of products that they're into. Last year, you wrote a great post on Medium about the product hunt journey. And for anyone who hasn't rec read it, I highly recommend you do. Because Ryan, not only do you tell your story in tweets and photos, but you share actual email snapshots with the original community members. Tell yeah. me, what was your customer development process like and how did you choose the initial group of users? So it was, this is going to be maybe cliche, but I mean, ultimately I was building something for myself in the very beginning. And this okay. wasn't like a typical startup where you do all this customer development and hypothesis testing and, and all this legwork to see if people want this product. Ultimately, I just wanted it for myself. And I knew that a couple of my friends might be into it. And so the, the beauty of the email approach was that it took so little time to actually create it. And so it wasn't that I had to validate all this this stuff ahead of time before investing weeks to build something. And so by building the email list, that was essentially the email, or, or the MVP rather, and that gave me enough validation to realize, okay, people are using this, they seem to like it, let's proceed and, and build this out further. Why did you decide to make Product Hunt Community invite only? You know, it was a couple of reasons. One, in the very beginning, it was uh, when we built the actual site itself after the email list, which was about a month or, or two afterwards. Uh, my buddy Nathan and I, again, we were working on the side, it was a side project, and we knew that we had very little time to do moderation and that kind of thing, and so prevent people from spamming or, or marketers really ruining the discussion by promoting their own products. And so we realized, okay, let's make this invite only so that only people who are invited by others in the community can actually comment. And that de-risked a lot of the kind of moderation needs that we would have had in the very beginning. And then the other piece is that it also allowed us to slowly build a community, whereas it's, I've used this metaphor before, this, this comparison in that, you know, if you have a dinner party of, of you and your friends, maybe a dozen of your friends, that vibe and that, that kind of discussion is going to be different than if 12 other random people just visited and, and sat with you at the table. And it's not that those 12 other people are bad people or are not cool or people you wouldn't hang out with, but it's, it's that, that change in the community or that change in discussion uh, that would happen immediately when you invite that many people at once. And so this just gave us a way to slowly grow it out. And since then, we've, we've grown significantly, but all through invites from others in the community for the most part. There's a great article in Fast Company about how you got your first 2,000 users. And in talking about the invite-only community, can you tell us more about how you scale in a community like this? Yeah, the scaling part's tricky. So the things you do in the very beginning, um, you know, Paul Graham, as everyone has probably read, uh, do things that don't scale. He provides really good advice on, you know, just doing the manual labor in the very beginning. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is you don't invest all this time in building technology or product that you may realize people don't care about. <laughs> so why automate something if what you're automating is actually worthless? And so you can kind of validate a lot of assumptions and test things by just doing things manually. And so what we did in the very beginning was I would look and see who was registering, uh, who was signing up. And since we used Twitter, we could verify the identities of these people. And then they gave us their email as well, so we could immediately email them. And so I would look through that list every single day and pull out, I'd find like reporters and investors and other founders and, and other interesting people and I would just email them directly and say, hey, thanks for signing up. It was very clear that it was actually a personal email because I would reference what they're working on or something that they've done. Sometimes I knew these people already. 
And that was just a good way to hopefully bring them a smile and, and make Proverbs Hunt and myself more memorable. And doing that in the very beginning was very helpful in, you know, getting people to stick around and getting them engaged. And also hopefully just, you know, create a good first time experience for those people. Um, so that's just one example of many things that we've done in the very beginning. And then over time, of course, we just, I haven't been able to do that. I, I probably should, still should. <laughs> I would love to still email people, but um, I'm having a hard time finding time as it is. Uh, and so to get to your point about scaling, you know, part of the reason why we raise money and, and everything is simply to, to build a team uh, so that we can do more of these unscalable things to people. Um, but then also find ways to, you know, add personality and a human touch in a more scalable way. And so some of that is, you know, doing handwritten cards and letters that are uh, sent through mail lists. They actually handwrite it for you, but we mail them to people in the community with stickers and, and fun swag like that. So still not the most scalable thing, but far more scalable than me personally emailing <laughs> hundreds of people a day. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the Lean Startup community uh, consists of both folks from startups and from established companies and enterprises. Um, I know my first company involved event production. And for those um, people out there who, you know, maybe are, are just getting started, I'm particularly interested in uh, having you share what the idea was behind hosting in-person meetups during the early days of Product Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, meetups have been really a core part of Product Hunt since really early on. And even before Product Hunt began, I, I hosted small brunches, small uh, dinners with some founder friends or some startup folks. And that's something I personally just like doing. I like the, the small, intimate conversations. And then when Product Hunt started, we did a happy hour. The first one was actually in, in San Francisco. And it was early on. And we just we just threw up a Facebook event and said, hey, come meet us. Uh, we're going to be at this bar at 6 p.m. Let's chat. Let's geek out. And uh, we had maybe 30, 40 people show up on that first one. So not very many, but enough to, to have a good happy hour. And then uh, then people started asking us and emailing me and others and saying, hey, we would love to host a product and happy hour event in our city. Because again, product and is a global community of people around the world. And since then we've had, I, I think I don't even know how many, <laughs> maybe 150 meetups uh, across the world from Moscow to Hong Kong, London, Kansas City, Madrid, Sydney, uh, London, I can go on and on. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually really surprised that we've had this many meetups since, since we began. Um, and the thing about meetups that, that's great is that, you know, we, we start engaging and connecting with all these people through product hunt or online in different ways. It's, it's great to be online and connect that way, but meeting people in person is the most personal and um, engaging way to actually connect with someone. And so that's why even though it's less scalable than online communication, meetups are still very important for us. Tell us about the impact you've had on the startup community, especially those who have had products featured on product hunt. Yeah, you know, it's, it's had, um, for a lot of people from independent makers, someone who's building, let's say, a Chrome extension on the weekend uh, as part of a hackathon to bigger companies um, like Jawbone or Facebook or whoever, um, they've all received some benefit from product, whether it's the traffic or the feedback or, or additional press, sometimes investments. Um, we've had actually a lot of people uh, being contacted by investors after being discovered on product. And, and you can actually see a lot of these kind of success stories. There have been one to 200 blog posts written by founders over the past year or so. And uh, a lot of them are, are on makersuccess.com, which is actually a site we didn't even make. It was uh, first created by Eric Willis, who is a super hardcore member of our product community. 
awesome guy. And he put together this, this destination of just people writing their success stories and, and um, uh, sharing their stories about concepts and their launch. And so you can read through several dozen of these. And uh, it's really heartwarming sometimes to, to just read the personal stories of how they found some benefit of content. And then we've also received a lot of handwritten letters and, and gifts uh, by surprise in the mail to us at our office. So, you know, it's, it's something that I didn't expect in the very beginning to have this type of impact um, on this many people. And, um, and hopefully it also inspires more people to create and launch things, which I know is, is the truth. So you wrote a blog post on Medium called Product Hunt's Crowd Curated Community Model is Needed in So Many Other Verticals. I know that moving beyond technology products is nothing new to you, but um, in a recent article in Fortune, uh, I hear you just launched a book vertical. What was the inspiration mm -hmm. for that? Yeah. So in the very beginning um, of Product Hunt, it was really just focused on technology and startups. And, and that was our, our focus, and it still really is our core at this time. But quickly we realized that this model, I believe, will work in other types of categories and for other people, uh, other people other than kind of the early adopter tech crowd. And we also realized that there's a ton of creation happening, not just in technology, but also in other categories, whether it's gaming, books, uh, handmade goods, just look at Etsy alone, it's crazy. Um, all of these different categories of products and interests from people are, are, are becoming somewhat democratized and access to creating things to Kickstarter to Etsy to a number of other things are allowing more people to create but as a result when you have more creation you need more curation as well and so early on we realized okay technology is a great place to start but we believe this model and, and this community can expand beyond that and so we launched with games as our first like beta expansion about two months ago and then we launched books uh, about three or four weeks ago as our next category, our next channel. And uh, I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but we may have a new new channel out by the time this, uh, this podcast airs. Oh, nice. All right. Well, as you grow and move into new verticals, um, just touching on the scaling again, you know, how will you continue to scale the company and generate revenue? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right now we're really focused on just growing the product, building out different verticals, building a really cool product, and we have some things launching next week, the week after, that I hope uh, people will enjoy. And that's a really our focus right now. In terms of revenue and monetization, that's, that's not a, currently a focus, which I said this already in this podcast, but I know it sounds cliche. <laughs> but we really need to focus on first building on the product in the community before we turn our focus to revenue. Um, that said, there are so many different opportunities that I'm super excited to explore. and. And really, when I people ask me about can you monetize something like like product hunt, I really just tell them, you know, people are coming to product hunt to find products, and, and that's something that we we can monetize. We'll figure that out. So you're gonna leave us hanging. You're not gonna tell us what the new vertical is that's gonna be announced soon. <laughs> um, the well, it's, it'll be very ironic uh, when you do hear about it, um, being that I'm on a podcast right now. Okay, cool. Like <laughs> well, we have time for one last question, Ryan. What are you most excited to teach members of the Lean Startup community? You know, I there's a lot of discussion around community. It's kind of somewhat of a buzzword right now. And I'm hoping that I can at least provide some, some stories and some guidance or 
some, something that someone can take with them to their company on how to build communities. And what I think is is useful for some people is, you know, some people that are building obvious communities right now, they're probably very plugged into this scene and they've already done their research and they've looked at how others have built communities. But I believe that people that are building uh, products that don't necessarily represent a community as, as directly uh, can also benefit a lot from this. Community is something that can be applied to so many different products. And if you look at Lyft, for example, Lyft is not necessarily a community-based product per se, but it certainly has aspects of community and they've done some very specific things to build community in their products. Mm -hmm. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time today and we look forward to seeing you at the conference this November. Yeah, I am super excited. It's going to be really fun. And I will just say that I attended the Lean Startup Conference two or three years ago um, as an attendee. So being on stage is a big honor. <laughs> We're excited to have you. Thanks again. Thanks to our guest, Ryan Hoover. I'm Heather McGough from Lean Startup Company. Our team looks forward to having you join us for upcoming podcasts and webcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Lean Startup, register for our flagship Lean Startup Conference, or follow our blog. Visit leanstartup.co for more information.